and we'll get to look at our penultimate on James uh, today, which is exciting. Uh, who wants to pray for us as we pause and then we're centering on scripture? So, thanks, Jay. Go for it. Father, we just thank you that we can meet together each day to spend time in your presence. Lord, what a privilege that is. And thank you for Adrian for his gifts and for his willingness to do this for us. And I pray that our hearts would be open to what you want to say to each one of us today. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That is so good. Thank you, Joe. Okay, everyone, you are muted. Um, this is one function, obviously, once we start gathering one day in the future, all in a room together, I will no longer be able to do is mute everyone. Like, how amazing will that be? Just go, I'm going to speak now. Um, but hey, there you go. That's the wonder of technology. But also what's better is being there in person. Uh, in terms of then where we've got to, James chapter 5, verses 17 to 18. Uh, let's share those verses. They're centering on this. Peterson's paraphrase, which is like this. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human, just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. Okay. Those are our verses, um, and it is good. That's exactly it. Rachel's jumped in straight in there in the chat. What are one word today? You're right, uh, Rachel. It is power. Um, that's what we're going to be looking at uh, in the word bingo that I know goes on behind the scenes. No, that doesn't, but is power today. And in I think James wants us to understand that so often we can underestimate the power we have at our disposal in prayer. That's power that's not within but rather is uh in the fact that we're now in one uh that we're now in the family of god and as such that as we pray we've we have at our disposal the power of god and james wants us not to underestimate that power that we have in prayer and kind of gives us an example and says like like don't think that you're just like ordinary now don't think it's just like you're limited Rather, you're exactly the same as some of the people we see in the Bible as like the heroes of the Bible. And he says, like, think of Elijah. He says, well, he was just human like us. We're the same. Because it isn't about who we are. It's rather about the one that we're now in. Uh, God's family, Father, Son and Spirit, we're now in relationship with. But the reality is, sometimes we don't feel like that it doesn't feel like we've got this power at our disposal we lose sight of it and um in it i just want to just use some words from a guy uh who i find very provocative on this whole subject of uh how james talks about women to be like elijah and understand that the god of elijah is our god as well and it's a guy called Leonard Ravenhill which I don't know if you've come across him uh, he wrote a book uh, probably it feels like he was schooled by James to be honest that's what I'd say having gone through the letter of James 
the man who doesn't pull any punches. He seems to have got Leonard Ravenhill and said, here you go, don't pull any punches. And that's what Leonard Ravenhill does in his book, Why Revival Tarries. But in it, just to give you a taster of Leonard Ravenhill, if you've not come across him, I can see Graham and Anne have. Uh, but this is a quote from him. But before that, I just want to look at his gravestone. He's dead now, but this is what he has on his gravestone, which I just thought is crazy. He says, are the things you are living for worth Christ dying for? That's something to have on your gravestone, isn't it? Nothing about him, apart from his name and the dates he was alive, uh, carried by angels. And just that. Are the things you are living for worth Christ dying for? I don't know about you, if you are walking through a graveyard, just like seeing people's lives and then that one's there, you realize, man, this is a guy who didn't pull any punches. He's just straight in there, isn't he? Like, what are you living for? Uh, and that that's kind of summarizes something of who he is. But in terms of this moment of James, Leonard says this about that question of uh, kind of, how do we face up to the fact that it doesn't feel like we're sometimes like Elijah? Is, is God different or are we different? He says this to the question, where is the Lord God of Elijah? We answer where he has been on the throne, where he's always been on the throne. But where are the Elijahs of God? We know Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. But alas, we are not men of like prayers as he was. One praying man stands as a majority with God. Today, God is bypassing men, not because they are too ignorant, but because they are too self-sufficient. Brethren, our abilities are our handicaps and our talents are stumbling blocks. Um, I remember reading that a number of years ago, thinking, wow, challenging. And in it, what Leonard's saying is actually God hasn't changed. He's still the same. The difference is like how Elijah lived, just as a human like us. He lived highly dependent on who God is and the power that was his disposal. That's what James is encouraging for us with. You see, we need to be those, therefore, that take up this example of Elijah and live dependently on God. But how do we do that? I say three ways. I think firstly, by just firstly realizing that Elijah is just like us. I think there's a danger sometimes that we kind of put uh, some characters and say, well, well there's, it's the, the rest of us and then there's those people up there whereas actually James wants to say no Elijah was just like us he was human like us he had a relationship with God just like us he was seeking to live in step with God just like us he was seeking to stand in the gap between who God is and where humanity's at and that, that's just like us that's all we're trying to do in seeking to love God love people is we're just trying to step in that gap he's just like us we see in terms of that story of Elijah that he was just like us in that he had moments where it felt like the world was good and moments where he lost hope. We felt totally alone and totally desperate. Like Elijah, just like us. So we need to realise that. I'd say, secondly, we are going to do three hours, just I thought it would be helpful today. So realise, secondly, we're going to remember, remember that the loving God we know is powerful. I love the moment in uh, the Narnia series in the line the witch in the wardrobe where uh, Lucy kind of hears about Aslan who's representing Jesus and hears that he's a lion and she says oh, is he a safe lion is he a tame lion 
And Mr. and Mrs. Beaver kind of turned to her and said, oh no, oh no, he's not safe, but he is kind. And I think what Lewis was doing there is kind of putting language that was true then uh, and kind of makes sense then. And maybe we'd change it slightly because uh, I think we feel kind isn't so as a powerful word as it was then. But I think it is that sense of like God isn't safe. He's powerful. He is loving. He is for us. And I think it's that tension we have to live with. And therefore we have to remember that God is one who's revealed through scripture as the creator and sustainer, the one who sees and is able to hear all, one who is present everywhere and anywhere, one where the nations are like a drop in the bucket to him. We see through the story of Elijah that God is one who's the weather maker, let alone the way maker. He's the weather maker. He's one who can cause fire to come out of nowhere and consume a saturated by water altar. And he's one who comes yet in a gentle breeze like a whisper. And his power is revealed. We see and can remember the power of the loving God through Jesus, where we find that darkness and principalities of darkness just flee in his presence, that he's the one who has victory over death. He's one who sees physical uh, brokenness healed and restored. It's one that the weather submits to. He's one that creates, is able to uh, cause water to turn into wine and knows how to do that. Sorry, it's an ice cream van just come past my house. Um, he's one who is able to kind of uh, cause like what's the normality of creation to be changed. So Jesus can walk on water because he's able to do that. See, we need to be those that re realize that Elijah's just like us, remember that God is loving but powerful. And then I think lastly, we need to therefore recognize our dependence on God. I, I think, I feel challenged by this. I, th I think, in the 21st century, we live with that increased sense of actually we've got talents, we've got skills, we've got abilities. And if we're not careful, we can just rest on those. It's me who's providing for everything I need. And yet I think what we're, how we're going to call to live is with a dependence on God for the big and small. And I think that dependence uh, is through daily decisions daily decisions of submitting everything we looked at on sunday of saying father i submit to your will not mine your way not my way it's through daily being grateful for everything we see and i think this is something i'm trying to live with more and more is like within each moment just being grateful for what's around recognizing it's God's hand at working me rather than just waiting and saying, oh, I prayed for this and then this happened. Now I'm grateful. Actually, it's like a heart attitude of gratitude. The fact that we can connect like this is one to be grateful to God for. So I think it's about submission, gratitude, and then just daily asking. There's daily coming and saying, God, I really need everything that you have for me. It may be specific, it may be general, I think it's there that starts to breed this sense of dependence that causes us then to start to be those who are able to say, oh yeah, we have this power because of this powerful God that's able to 
shape and change our lives. So there we go. Power. Three things to consider as we move on. But on two things, actually, how will you seek to remember God is a God of power? Like what to that today? And then secondly, how will you seek to live more dependently on God? And I think with this, these things, this, this isn't like, uh, like a pendulum where either we are or we aren't. I think it's more a journey where actually the invitation is the adventure of just living more and more aware of who god is of love and of power and how we live more dependently on him and i think the invitation is just to keep growing in this there we go penultimate moment in james who would like to pray for us as we end and then i'll unmute everyone someone wave thank you jules go for it unmute yourself Yeah, God, we thank you for today's reminder of um, who you are thinking specifically around the, the power that you hold. And um, it's something that we can quite often forget about. We don't like to think of you as this big, strong, potentially scary or powerful being, but that is who you are, but mixed with your loving kindness and your compassion for us. And just pray for us as we, we go into the rest of our days and our weeks, just that you'll help us to, to not lose that perspective on you, that we will um, see your power, see your power at work and um, also, yeah, just seek to, to find that dependence on you. There's so much that we can do in our own strength and society teaches us that we need to be self-sufficient, but that is not what you ask us into you ask us to to live lives that that depend on you that need you in them um and just pray that we um yeah can find that as we we look at the rest of our days that we will find a dependence on you and we'll see areas where we are trying to be self-sufficient and depend on ourselves um, just yeah bring those to our our mind as we we look to be more dependent on you amen <laughs>